0: Ready?
1: Got the coffee cross Coca Cola.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I was
1: thinking I bought
0: this. I've been fighting a headache for like two days. It's gone now for yeah. the most part, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this brings it right the hell back.
1: Yeah, that always helps yeah. me out. The, um Are you hearing okay? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just thought I'd record this too. Hello and welcome to. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. The Video Game Music Podcast. This is episode 29-4, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Every week we give you a podcast, and you give us... The 411. The 411. What's actually, the 411 son? What's the 411 Actually, Morgan you should give on. us
0: the 411. Write some emails in. Give us the chatter batter. Yeah,
1: what's happening? But
0: otherwise, yeah, <laughs> we do a podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. And we ultimately get together and have fun. And that's what's important. Yes. So, oh, hello!
1: Oh, and it's video game music. All consoles, all generations. We pick oh. a topic. And we're back We're back in the summer of 16-bit. But the summer's almost over. Te- hey. Technically,
0: I guess. Out of nowhere, too. Because the funny thing is we have... We got to go back and look at them. Because technically oh. after this and the Patreon episode, yeah. thanks to listener and friend Kevin... We pretty much have topics for the rest of the summer. Yes, <laughs> which is fantastic.
1: Yes, thank you. Um thank you to Kevin in our Discord and everyone else in the Discord. It's actually moderately busy in there, which is nice to see. So if you go and check if you want to see our Discord, go to our website rhythmandpixels.com and there's a link up there that goes to our Discord. And I've been
0: kind of out for a like a month on like social media stuff. But I am I see slowly eking in
1: back in every once in a while.
0: Yeah, because I'm trunks. I realize I should be talking to people. <laughs> people, and I realize it's also much easier to talk to people when the topic is video games and music. Yes. So that's what I get into, and it always feels good to be like, "Hey, so what game are you playing? What game am I playing?" Though what I've come to realize is that uh, it was probably the summer games challenge, and I my challenge was. We haven't even gotten to the wrap-up episode for that yet, but I can already tell you it's been fairly abysmal, but I am actually, believe it or not, hoping to knock out three games. That's good. Before the... Three more games,
1: anyway, before the term is up. Oh, okay. See, I mean, that's, that's impressive for now because... I was gunning for I have 10 not. this summer. <laughs> that's a lofty goal, though. I mean for so many months to get 10 games in. It's completed. I think the far, I think the joke's going to be right. the wrap up
0: for Summer Games Challenge and then a follow up episode for games <laughs> started over summer challenge because <laughs> that was like that's new where, game plus. New game plus cuz that's where I'm a viking. I started so <laughs> many frigging games this summer, it's absurd. Yeah. But that that'll be saved for another episode. Oh. Aside
1: from that, how's life good i mean really like you're the only other person i talk to outside of my wife and my dog
0: <laughs> well the dog
1: has to provide the riveting conversation like i do i do work with people but i don't really i don't i don't really talk to them that much i mean don't, does nothing in common it's fine but they're not terrible not 100 percent terrible
0: <laughs> just running the just running the paces. yeah
1: that's fine yeah but you know it was really nice having you over um last weekend we played um we played seasons
0: Yes, I love that game. Which is
1: great. And me and Christy agreed that by the end of it, it wasn't just because it was late, but our brains were fried. Whereas mine was still firing pew pew pew. Which is why you killed us in that game. But it's it's so much math. There's so much math in that game. I was not prepared for it. I love math. Games. I have an actual game where the whole premise is to create equations. That sounds cool. So. That sounds cool. This was like I was just checking points, like double checking points. And then like you had things that would double check points. It was just too much. It was, it was great. Don't get me wrong. I would play it again, 100%. <laughs> and the funny part is you go
0: to like a board game geek site oh or something, and it's listed as being like a medium to like light medium game.
1: Mm. I'm like, what? No, no, no. Because by the done, by the time you're done, your brain feels like a peanut, like shriveled peanut. It's like, <laughs> it's hardened. It's just- But it's a satisfying feeling. It's dried
0: up. You feel like your thoughts have run the mill, and yeah. the result is bread or butter, depending on what you like and to the result,
1: The result's getting beat by your friend.
0: <laughs> oh, oh <it's>, Yes. <laughs>
2: Especially I
1: th- if my friend is me. Yeah, I thought I, I, thought I was gonna do, it. and then by the end, you were just, you were just running it. You were running it. <laughs> um, so we talked about doing RPGs, but then I suggested Pernell, what well, we do RPGs. But then, <laughs> got, and then once you got onto
0: that, it kind of struck me as a good opportunity to do a very specific version of this theme, Uh-oh. and there's a specific version of the theme that is near and dear to me. Did I forget something. Yes, you probably did, but that's part of the fun. Okay. Um, we were doing 16- so the sixteen bit, but it's a little deeper than that. So, the topic title for the episode is sixteen bit RPGs that don't start with Final Fantasy. Oh,
1: okay. No, I did have that. Okay, good goody. <laughs> I was like sixteen bit RPGs that have blue characters. I'm like, crap. How <laughs> many there are? Um.
0: So why specifically that? Why so structured around that title? Well, that is because uh, many moons ago, I used to go to anime conventions with a group of friends. And we used to put on a panel at these conventions called RPGs that don't start with Final Fantasy. And (laughs) the reason being was because we used to harp on how a lot of nostalgia heads would just talk up Final Fantasy like it was the greatest thing ever. But you bring up something like a Luffy or something like, what the heck is that? What's saw yeah. Luffy. I'm
1: like yeah. what? Well, no! I spent all my time replaying the same three or four games over and over again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So we were like, you know, we should have a panel where we bring this up, and that becomes the actual shtick for the panel. So mm. it started out being RPG, like RPGs of the '90s. Then it was RPGs. Like that, like all RPGs, like RPGs of the ages. Yes, and then one year we did one where it was like only Final Fantasy, nothing else, just for fun. That's what
1: you did at the last um, Magfest, right?
0: No, no, I was still at ASIN. Magfest, actually, we wanted to, I wanted to do. Oh, whatever. I was I thinking could of. Never get I was, was thinking, thinking Asan.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of Asan when he did that. Yeah, because remember you were you were you were just on the show. You were talking about replaying a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was fun. But the sad part is, I, as much as I, I felt like we've always done better at Magfest, but I could never get all the panelists to fly out for it, which was unfortunate. Yeah, it's easier
1: for one person to fly out rather than like everybody. Exactly.
0: Yeah, but it still lives on in my heart and I'm still friends with a number of them and one of which is actually a patron
1: which is pretty cool oh so is that the wise uh, the, guy the wise guy, you know, guy. <laughs> That should be
0: that's to be his new nickname I for can't, it, the wise guy that's all I remember
1: Musashi 219 aka Chris the wise guy is he the wise no come on is there an actual the wise guy Chris Wisner yes the wise guy <laughs> I call him the wise guy
0: but yeah, he was a he was a, one of the original members for the most part. Okay, cool. But he came on the second year as a moderator.
2: Mm.
0: No, no. Yeah, no. he was a moderator, but he just naturally blended in and he became a panelist slash
1: moderator. It was great. <laughs> the, you uh, corrupted him. He's like, I, you can't control this. <laughs> you can't control this. So for this show, I wanted to... Because I never really played a lot of RPGs in the 90s. I went back and played a few... In the 2000s, obviously, like the, some of the Final Fantasies, like the, the Square ones, the big ones, but there are so many, so many on the Super, on the Super Famicom, the Mega Drive, the PC Engine that I've never touched that have incredible soundtracks. Mm. That I, so I wanted to pick um, Japanese-only titles.
0: I'm looking forward to yours. Whereas in my case, in addition to just the general theme, every game I chose from is a game. That was a favorite of one of the other panelists
1: oh. in the group. you going to call them out? Of course. That's awesome. Okay, I'm looking forward to this then. So I, I'm going to start with the Super Famicom. This is Fire Emblem. I think this is Japanese only. I mean, I don't know these games very well. Well, so it depends that, on the fire. <laughs> well, Fire Emblem, Monsho. no Natsu, um, known as Fire Emblem Mystery of the Emblem.
0: Actually, I think that might be only Japan. So yeah, I've never heard of that one getting translated.
1: It is composed by Yuka Sujiyoko, and we're going to listen to the track. I chose a few um, "War of Heroes" from Fire Emblem: Mansho No so for the Super Famicom. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the track, War of Heroes, Prunel. <laughs> really? Yeah. This is from uh, Fire Emblem, Moncho, no, not so, or Fire Emblem, Mystery of the Emblem, for the Super Famicom, composed by Yuka Tsujiyoko, Prunel.
2: <laughs> oh, well,
1: now that you tell me, now I get it. <laughs> now it makes sense. So, yeah, a lot of this soundtrack is kind of like a marching, like, kind of military rhythm to it. So, worth asking, Are you, you
0: haven't played it yet, but are you familiar with the style of Fire Emblem games? Uh, it
1: is strategy RPG, right? Yes. Okay, I always get them confused with Breath of Fire. Oh, yeah, that's a different very, game, different. very different game. Yeah, but Fire Emblem is the one that's more of a strategy RPG, right?
0: Yes, Fire Emblem is usually like a plucky band of heroes working together to defeat some army evil force or something. So the marching would be, you know, like, the individual members being moved across the map, and then you're fighting, like, various like individuals that are meant to represent a wave of soldiers. Oh, okay. And you're taking them out.
1: Oh, right, right. And then when the, when the units touch each other, then you see, like, the big masses of them, like, fight or whatever. Oh,
0: no, no. It's still just 1v1. Oh. It's just the fact that, like, the enemies will be, like, you know, Grushian soldier, Grushian soldier. Marauder Mm -hmm. So like just General group Of people Working against you And then eventually Of course the final boss But then the later games I think Three Houses Was the last one And that actually Finally embraced The whole idea of like You're in a war so even though it's one v one combat, when the battle is actually running, you see like groups of people going at it. Oh. So it's actually kind of a oh, that's cool idea. Cool.
1: So it's um so originally I guess the original ones are a lot like Shining Force in that way? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I like Shining Force. I played that on mobile. I played that on my iPhone. <laughs> I'm actually kind of sad because
0: very recently someone brought up, like I saw a link to a new Shining Force, but it's just a Gotcha mobile, the Ugh. usual shtick. Where it's like, "Hey, you love nostalgia? Do you like Gotcha? That's rough. Well, we got something for you. That like, is rough. How about making an actual game,
1: not this Gotcha garbage? You no, know, I used to play. Um, I used to play the tactical, um, as a Final, Final Fantasy Tactics. I know this is this is RPGs that don't rhyme with Final Fantasy. But I used to play Final <laughs> Fantasy Tactics on the DS, the DS one. Uh huh. What was it called? Well, the DS one was Grimoire of the Rift. It was
0: called Final Fantasy Tactics A2. A2. Grimoire of the Rift. That's what I played. Though someone was like, I might be wrong on that second part. But I'm,
1: I'm confident. I think it was A2. I think it was A2. It was, was definitely it. A2. Yeah. But I remember getting really into it, but then, like, okay, I'd go on a. I was at TransUnion, and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go on my lunch break, and I'll play through a battle. And it would take my entire lunch break. But what a lunch break! And then it would be done, and I'd be like, wait a minute, how many more battles do I have to fight many. just to level up any of these things? Oh, that game was crap, And I kind of I gave up on it because it was just so time consuming. It killed me. That game literally killed me. Not because it was a bad game. <laughs> it
0: was a great game. Go to I America, am the ghost of Penel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right,
0: that's exactly it. But this ghost loves games. Uh, so... The problem with that game for me was that I got lost in my original goal. Like, I was like, mm. I gotta get Grease, which were, like, these flying, like, harpy character. Like, they're, like, sort of like... I don't call them harpy, because they had, like, like, reptile wings. But basically, that was a specific type of unit. But they were hard to get. But then when I would get them, I had to build up these crazy builds of, like, well, yeah, this job skill. But yeah. then this job skill, and then this job skill... And I put so many hours into it, but I forgot where I left off. Oh, no. So I can still bring the game <laughs> I get up it. it'll still yeah. show ninety five hours or something. A quarter no way through idea the game. What you're and I
1: doing. have no idea what I was doing, which is why I stopped playing it. That's tough. That's tough. You get so far in the weeds of like a strategy. But that's cool though, I mean that's a testament to the game's design that you can just go and just do whatever. And then when one what I feel like with most RPGs I appreciate a very linear design you know, a very linear story. Like it tells you where to go next, or at least implies where to go next. The mm-hmm. tactics games was like, you're gonna fight these things, but you can just do whatever you want, right? You can just kind of like build your build your team out however you wanted to do. Pretty For much. me, tactics was all about just surviving. Well, I was thinking, like, I just need to survive.
0: Well the funny thing is that it was linear. But you could either select the story mission or select one of the five other missions they gave me yeah. available to you. Or just do a skirmish. And you're like, but the skirmish gives me experience to get job points to build out a cool character. So the story's stare me in the face, but I gotta I gotta get customatic. I just <laughs> made that word up, uh, but I gotta customize. I gotta do yeah, 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 it yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're
1: obsessed with it. You're, you're getting creative with it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that when, when, when games can encourage you to do that. But again, we're talking about Final Fantasy and now that that's, that's naughty. That's very bad. I go into the penalty box. Yes, you do. While Pernell picks a track. Yes, that's right. <laughs> So what track am I going to pick? That was an amazing segue. (laughs) I would like to uh, accept this award. (laughs) (laughs) So the track I'm going to pick to kick this off from my
0: end is from the game (laughs) The Twisted Tales of Spike McFang. What? And the track title is called Ratville Mountain Range, and it was composed by Hisashi Matsushita. listening to the Ratville Mountain Range theme from the game The Twisted Tales of Spike McFang from the Super Nintendo composed by Hisashi Matsushita. So Spike McFang was pretty much an action RPG on the system with the idea being that um, you would play as a little vampire kid. He was probably a kid. I don't know. And he was fighting against like a zombie army to save his kingdom. I barely knew a ton about it. But the whole running thing about this is that this was turn-based critic Malcolm's <sighs> like big game that he would always bring up like every year. And it became a running joke where it's like, clearly it like... only you would like Spike McFriggin Fang. Um, <laughs> but deep down, it's a game that is on my eternal list of Purdue really needs to play this game because one, it was done by of all things Maxat, which oh. is a company that I bring up here and there um, related to <laughs> games like Devil's Crush and stuff like that. So if that's next, the same next set. They didn't.
1: Then, they didn't oh wow! So and Dungeon Explorer. Okay, um, that makes sense. Dungeon Explorer with this one. So, um, this is it's kind of an action RPG. Yeah, it's
0: adorable
1: too. It's so cute. We're watching a video of it, and it's just it's so cartoony. It's amazing, amazing. Is he so? Is he like a vampire he's kid? He's a in? vampire kid. Ooh, after he
0: came after Kid Dracula, but he's still spectacular in his own way. Um, but it's it's just the idea that this game existed <laughs> and it, yeah it was brought by Nintendo Power which is how I heard of it mm-hmm. but I never heard anyone talk about it until Malcolm started bringing it up and he talked it up as like it was this really good game that nobody played and technically I think he was right that more people should play it myself included and I'm going to. We will someday. Uh, it's, it's
1: the summer challenge for now.
0: <laughs> Actually, that probably would be a game I could knock out before the end of the summer. That's it's fine. just short enough.
1: When I finish my Persona challenge, which is um, finishing a Persona game, uh, maybe I'll do classic RPGs.
0: That would uh, be a good uh, be one. Cool. If I, if I, if I they're get, all fairly short. That's the way that makes that special.
1: I gotta get them on a handheld so that like I can put on like TV in the background, like reality TV, and, and you know I can grind through a game.
0: There's probably a way to do that. Maybe get, like, a 3DS with a 4 or something. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Or, no, I, I could... Don't they connect to, like, the, the virtual consoles?
2: Or whatever? That's Can not I, a good way I to can't, do like, it,
0: download, either. like... The virtual console isn't a good way to go, because, one, you'd have to buy a Switch, and I know you ain't doing that. And two, the virtual console is very limited in what game they put on there. It's not like uh, a, a, a massive repository. But so there's like a bunch, of Nintendo though, right? releases but, games. Well, well, I could do a 2DS. Right. Yeah, but two DS would be the same problem. You need to find a way to get the games onto the two DS and unless you're talking about playing just two DS games mm-hmm. or DS games, you'll need an R four talk to my um, emulation. I'll
1: have to talk to my hacker underground friends for now. <laughs> uh, crash Override. Acid burn. Um, Smash Adam, Floppy Discman.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's a good that's a good
1: thing. <laughs> modem boy.
0: Nice no, modem man. Now oh, he's he got he
1: aged. It's been a, it's been a few years. Yeah, few years. I've been a few years. Modem man. Did you this have another? I had a motor motor motor. I, it was a, I had a, I had a 2400 baud modem. Uh, I remember it was. It was, it was massive. It was huge. And then yeah. Then I had a 14.4, which is a little bit smaller. Then I had a 56K. And my big thing was I f- I learned how to send a code to it so that it wouldn't play that sound. So if it was like 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night... You mean... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can turn, turn it off. It did not have to play that noise. Because it, it went directly into the phone. Huh. Phone line. It so just,
0: what was the whole point of the noise? Just to let you know it was doing it? It's like starting a car, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That was like my dad, one Married with Children episode <laughs> where it was like, your car, your car makes so much noise when you turn it on, though. Because That was like a fault of people, like your car's so old. He's like, But that's how you know the car's working,
1: yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's like, Yeah, um, um like a Tesla or a, a Prius drives down the street, and I'm like, Okay, one of these things is gonna hit me one of these days <laughs>
2: because
0: it's just I can't going down hear it. The yeah. road. Noisy cars are how you know they're around.
1: Well, I see motorcycles sometimes that are super loud, and I wonder, like, oh, but it's because it's dangerous to ride a motorcycle, so they want other people on the road to know where they are.
0: Yeah, and I can honestly, I can kind of respect that. Whereas with ricers, there's no
1: reason for those to be that loud. Wow, that's just jerked them. Yeah, just big honking uh, exhaust pipes. He mm-hmm. never got into that, right? Never, ever. <laughs> and if I ever, if you find a time where
0: I did, feel free to hit me with a shovel. I'll yeah. deserve it.
1: <laughs> yeah, me neither. As much as I loved like initial D, I was never going to like drive crazy. <laughs> I was like,
0: well, I'm- driving crazy is fun. It's the crazy exhaust oh yeah just blasting black beams all over Mm. the sky that's that's not driving yeah stupid
1: yeah that's that's not cool um yeah i don't see trucks do that it's not good oh we got our buick um um registered (laughs) oh great delaware (laughs) finally (laughs) finally that thing is old actually it's 2004 really yeah
0: that makes me long for my old truck
1: Right Yeah we were thinking about that We were like Wow this is as old as Purnell's old uh, um, What was it A uh, Blazer Blazer yeah
0: I missed that thing
1: That So We went on so many Adventures together Yeah
0: you it did It installed on I-95 <laughs> And I And it just Outright burned out I couldn't drive it anymore I had to get it towed Off the side of the interstate
1: How is it that We can like laugh at that now But like when we had those cars We're like oh,
0: Well I can laugh at now of Because the $3,000 Is already out of my pocket Yeah right, But at yeah. the time It hurt Very much Yeah <laughs>
1: Anyway, I I misspelled Radville. <laughs> I how does it, that? How does one do that? Ratvile. Okay, so keeping up with our theme, we're gonna I'm gonna pick from all the different main 16-bit systems. Okay. Oh, so you're actually gonna do that? Yes. So, but also keeping up with Purnell, this is a PC Engine CD title, Ooh, but
0: content, it, it Japanese. Though. But
1: it's Japanese, and it uses, um, but it does use the hue, um, the original um, PC Engine sound chip. It's not CD audio. Um and the game itself looks like really advanced just 60 bit graphics It it's doing some really cool stuff this is a game called blood gear it's an action RPG and set in the future you're like you're riding around in mechs so part of the game is side-scrolling action kind of slow and then the rest of the game is kind of top-down RPG elements leveling up your robot it looks really cool I can't believe I've never heard about this because the soundtrack is fantastic well, it's time to hear what it sounds like you're What's gonna day? dig this so i couldn't find a lot of gameplay for this game so i couldn't really match up with the because all the tracks were just like bgm1 bgm2 there's a
0: lot of that going on yeah in yeah
1: they didn't have like a lot of like um official <laughs> soundtrack releases so i think this is boss battle music but i couldn't tell based on the gameplay because it's in japanese <laughs> so for the pc engine cd this is the uh, bgm 16 which i think is the boss battle for blood gear composed by Jin Watanabe. You're listening to BGM-16. I think this is boss battle music from the game Blood Gear for the PC Engine CD composed by Jin Watanabe. This whole soundtrack is so cool. It's, like, futuristic. It reminds me of um, Thunder Force 4, Lightning Force. Like the sound? The, uh, the, yeah, the sound and the sound, the music itself reminds me of Lightning Force for the uh, Sega Genesis Mega Drive. Um, but it's just so interesting. It's got so many layers to it. A lot of the tracks got this really interesting like jazzy kind of element to it almost proggy element to it lots of interesting co- counter melodies um and this big soaring i feel like you don't hear this often with pc engine music where or a uh, turbo graphics music where it's like that long sustained note yeah 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 you don't get that a lot it's more usually a little more beepy or a little bit more um harsh
0: there's like one track in E's book one and two that does that mm. sound and i didn't like it
1: yeah, and it sustains, and it gets a little vibrato at the end. Here it comes right here. Here it comes, one more, two.
0: Yep.
2: It's oh, a very so good cool. sound.
1: It's a
0: great sound. I'm actually floored by the fact that I went and looked this game up, because I've never heard of it either. It was done by Weston. So, for those who are like, why the heck does he give two hoots about Weston? Well, Weston is the company that worked on the Dragon, uh... that worked on Dragon's Curse, or the Monster Boy games, basically. I shouldn't say Drown I'm still Weston that did Dragon's Curse even though it was Hudson's version of it but essentially Weston did all the Wonder Boy games that I love so friggin much oh they didn't do Curse Kingdom but of course Curse Kingdom was done hoping to put off the style that was originally done in the Weston games mm. so yes Weston is a fantastic developer I miss them very much and hearing (laughs) that they did this game makes me want to look for a fan translation and give it a go it's
1: really cool finding the soundtrack was a little like difficult I think someone on YouTube got a little bit of it uploaded and a lot of the tracks were taken down and I can't find the um I can't find the actual sound file rips so I'll have to do a little more digging but fortunately, I was able to get this one, and there's so many, like, there's so many good tracks to choose from. Of course, now like this is
0: going to become like your new mission. Like I got to play all the Blood Gear tracks on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm, I might have to do that.
0: <laughs> Someone did suggest Cogs as an episode topic at one point, so there you go. Another track oh, Blood to, Gear. That, yeah. There's
1: no Cogs in the game, but the word "Gears" in the gears title. Gears with the Gear, the Gear episode. Um, actually, I have a little um, side project that I'm slowly organizing, which is finding. Um, Turbo Graphics and PC Engine soundtracks mm-hmm. that aren't on YouTube or only have, like, that one long video.
0: Oh, I'm getting them individually in listed?
1: Yeah, doing them individually and just put them up on our on our channel. That would be cool. Yeah, I just Start need to... Shaboobin man. Shaboobin man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I need, just need to, um... I just need to find a good automated way of, like, just doing it, or at least a good process so that I'm not wasting a lot of time.
0: Yeah, I can understand so that. So that,
1: like, I could be at work doing work stuff and then, like, kicking off jobs on the side and then just going back to work, you know. So, so look look forward to that. PC Engine music on our... Oh, that one, something just broke.
0: Well, I can tell you right now. Well, we're good. <laughs> it
1: looks
0: fine to me. But I could also say, look forward to the Shibubin Man
1: OSTs because of all of those games, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing the name of the game. Well, we talked about this. We are like, Shabubin' Man! Shabubin' Man! Man! All I can... That reminds me of that arcade game. It's like Baseball Bat Shabubin' Man Ninja Baseball Bat... Ninja Baseball Batman or something yeah, like ninja that. Ba- yeah, but it's like Shibuba Man, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: ninja... ninja Baseball
1: Batman. Isn't it just that? Yeah, it is. It's Okay, I thought it was like Ninja Baseball Bat Shibuba Man. I
0: mean, for the record, it is a fun game. David
1: Taylor has this game. Oh, the, the Ninja Baseball Batman?
0: Yes, it is a thing. I was over at his
1: house one day. We were playing through it. It is a surprisingly fun game. It would be funny if it was like... Not a not a brawler, but it was actually like mat ball, like we talked about.
0: Oh, it, honestly <laughs> the title would fit if it were. Kids would just be like the characters would just be like knocking each other off the mat with like ninja moves. Throwing oh. shuriken, shuriken. Oh, it's
1: Iram. That's awesome. Alright, we should move on. So what's your what's your next track?
0: Alright, next track is gonna come from well, the game Terranigma. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: This is the overworld theme from that game. And it is composed by Miyoko Takahoka. And Masanori Kichi. You're listening to the overworld theme from the game Terra Terranigma on the Super Nintendo, composed by Miyoko Takaoka and Masanori Hikichi. So, Terranigma is the third of the what is known as the Creation Trio, a trilogy of games that were created by the development company Quintet, and unfortunately hmm. the only one of the three that did not get a U.S. official release. Um, what were the other titles? Soul Blazer ah. and Illusion of Gaia. Okay. Okay. So, these games are pretty much a fan favorite, most specifically Terranigma, of Rob, a.k.a. R.O.B. Yes, from me. the turn. No, not you. Me. You never heard of this game. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm man. Rob from the turn based critics. He was a major proponent of <laughs> speaking up for these games. Mm. And um, honestly, anything that gets more love for Quintet is a good thing in my book.
1: And you're saying this is another action RPG, right? Uh huh. Mm.
0: And the idea being creation in that in all three games, there is some element of recreating the world from the ground up. Hmm. Um, In this case, the main character drops down to Earth from like a place that's like a town or village that has been isolated from the remains of the current state of Earth. And he has to pretty much rebuild it from the ground up by like releasing like elements that have been like entrapped like grass and wind. It's an interesting concept That's for a cool. game, and I never finished it myself. I started it, got a bathed ways into it, lost my save file, and never resumed. Mm. But I want to go back, and I actually tried to boot it up again to actually a couple days ago. It was like, oh yeah, that whole for whole loss of the save file. I forgot it happened.
1: So I, I didn't I, for I, this sounds so interesting to me. Something about action RPGs I have a really hard time with. I think it's like the like working under pressure, and it's not always like twitch. It's also like very tactical. Um, you should
0: play something like maybe maybe Secret of Mana would work for you because in that game, yeah, magic you can it's not like you can dodge the magic. Yes, You're just gonna get hit. You're just you know? gonna
1: get hit. Um, I remember um playing Odin Sphere and, and having a really hard time with that game
0: because that game gets rough. I yeah. never finished Odin Sphere. Oh okay. Yeah. Also, I thought I was just bad though because I put it on hard mode and it showed me. Uh I
1: yeah, I, see, I thought it was just bad, but maybe I am just bad.
0: Well, also that game, <laughs> at least the original version, had a horrible slowdown. So yeah. that could have played a role in it too.
1: That would have helped though, right?
0: No. Now, if you're not now, if you're working on timing issues,
1: no, and I guess, stuff. yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about like shoot 'em ups where things slow down, and I'm like, oh, thank God.
0: Yeah, those are good <laughs> because the timing doesn't change because you're moving at the same pace as the bullets. Yeah. So you're just like slowly kind of wedging your way through versus a game like Odin's through where it's like you're ready to go to a swing, and then the game slows down, so your reaction time is almost like, whoop, and there goes that. Um, but yeah, I. I I'm a personal huge fan of Illusion of Gaia. Mm. Soul Blazer was a game that I remember reading about Nintendo Power, and I never got a chance to. Well, I almost say never because that did change, but I didn't get a chance to play it in its heyday. But I was always enchanted by it because of Nintendo Power, and mm. then I got a chance to finally get into it in like maybe like the like like two, early 2010s or so, and had a good time playing it. But Terranigma is the one that missed the boat. And Illusion of Gaia. I probably still have this T-shirt that came with my copy of the game. i oh, just got to wow. look at my old
1: art. I can picture here. the. Um, I can picture the the artwork to Illusion of Gaia. I did a remix of Illusion of Gaia on our webs on our YouTube page. Really? Yeah, years ago. It's so good. It's really good. Um, this soundtrack, this song is phenomenal. It's, it's like It sounds fully orchestrated on the Super Nintendo. This is amazing stuff.
0: Makes for a very, it's a very serene sense of exploration, wouldn't you say?
1: I think so. Let's explore our next track, shall we?
0: Ah, uh-huh, segways!
1: <laughs> and now we're going to venture into the Mega Drive. Sega Mega Drive. Mega Driven. As it's known around the world. Sega Genesis, as it's known.
0: In the sticks of America. Yeah,
1: out here in America town. Out
0: here in the sticks.
1: It's like that um, Billy Joel song. Born in the USA? That's not Billy Joel, is it?
0: It probably isn't. I wouldn't know. It's for Springsteen. It, I know it because of music, and I'm <laughs> good for that.
1: Okay, we're gonna listen to, from the game. It's called Surging Aura. It's for the Sega Mega Drive. It says the this is this is the boss battle music. It is um, composed. We only have the name Camo K A M O. I don't know the actual artist's name, so you no, know, it's a little pseudonym there. So this is a boss boss battle from the game Surging Aura. to the boss battle music from the game Surging Aura for the Sega Mega Drive composed by Camo. So I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole for the composer name because sometimes if they use a pseudonym, you can kind of like, maybe if they're credited under a different game from the same developer, development company, mm-hmm. you can track down who they are, right? Uh-huh. And I could not, because this development company had, like, some super generic name. It was, like, Japanese Entertainment Enterprises or something game like that. Game solved! And then if you look at their other games, this is the only Mega Drive game they made. And then the only Saturn games they made were little block puzzle games that, when you completed a puzzle, showed nudie pictures of girls.
0: They were very popular back then, <laughs> so I can see why they probably switched to that.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> but but this, this game looks like a really big... Um, fantasy star style RPG um, I think it has some fan translations that the long plays on YouTube are, are fan, fan translated into Russian so hey, uh, hard to tell what's them. happening there but it looks really cool and then the soundtrack is really neat so it's, it's a very kind of hard rock style
0: I wonder if it had an English translation too it might, it might be worth looking yeah. into but well, it was one thing that was interesting to look at the video for it because it got me to thinking though I had these thoughts in the past anyway probably came from doing all the reviews and stuff but uh Games, there's so many video games that get developed. And when it comes to RPGs, other genres works like this, too. Definitely with beat-em-ups. But with RPGs, it's amazing how very rote, similar by the book they can be. Yeah. And yet we still like (laughs) them all as individual games. Like, I watched the video for this game, and I'm like, I've seen, like, 20 other games that look exactly (laughs) like this with walking through the cave with those types of textures.
1: I know, but then, like... But it looks a little different, like a little cleaner, and you're like, oh, "I'd play that." All I would right. totally play it. Yeah,
0: but it's like, thing, like you line up these five games where the characters are all venturing through a cave at the same time, and you're like, "Wow!" Even though they are different games, they look so very similar in how things happen. And then the random encounter happens, and you're like, "Okay, this one has a swirly. This one has tiles falling. This <laughs> one just has a flashing screen. <laughs> it goes to the battle screen with the turn base, and it all just lines up." But it's like. And that's and it makes you wonder because like that's that thing where your parents would walk in the room while you were playing a game yeah. and they're like, "Did I just see you play that game last week?" Yeah. Like, no, Dad. I'm playing Breath of Fire. That was Final Fantasy. Jeez, they're different games, man. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, I guess they're they become a little derivative, sure, but and they're always like kind of expanding on different ideas. The good ones do, right? The good ones break new ground or they refine an idea, like really, really good. Like when they introduced the active battle system into the Final Fantasy games. But we're not talking about Final Fantasy, though.
0: But I will say this, though, for anybody who's like, <laughs> not at you're all. being harsh on video games, Pernell. Not quite the contrary. You're allowed
1: I, to be. You play them.
0: Well, this is true. <laughs> but I will say I'm not being fi- unfair, at least, because I do admit that applies to, and I think this is just a part of getting old, really, too. Like That applies to so much. Like You describe certain movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. You can generally just like take the plot or narrative and like line up the plot points and be like, well, this is a boilerplate rom-com. This is boilerplate buddy comedy. This is
1: boilerplate <laughs> cop drama. Well, there's like a thing, right, where there's only like five stories that can be told. It's like man versus man, man versus nature, man versus God. Um, man versus puppy. Man versus self. And then um, I don't know, God versus puppy. <laughs> there it is. The puppy. With but, but there's only like so many dif- different stories that are told, but we always go back to the same ones. Like I tend not to care about Marvel movies anymore unless it's an origin story, which is why I don't care that there's like five different Spider-Man movies because I'm like, yeah, the give me... You only want
0: the first one. <laughs> give me, oh, uh, you mean the original ones where like, we're just going to
1: rebuild Spider-Man. Like, okay, I'm good with all these uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, do it again. Do it again. origin. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a sequel. No, oh, no, it's a reboot. Okay, I'll uh, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. I'll watch it. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It's also a little comforting. That's something... Um, it's become a meme on the internet where it's like, "Oh, did you know you have anxiety when you watch the same shows over and over at night?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Just call me out like that. Just huh? do it again.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, I have trouble watching the same or playing the same anything,
1: mm. which I don't understand why. I feel like if it, that might be more anxiety. Like, are you are you watching anything like for a while? There you were watching a bunch of anime, like, but for, that's for like a club though, right? Like, no, I have no
0: club. It's just me. Like, I think right now I'm watching Duncanville. Okay. Because for some reason, that was one of those shows where I started watching during dinner. I was like, "I like this. I'll keep watching it." But uh, I watched that, and um, still watch One Piece. Still, twenty years later, I still watch One Piece. Um, see, what else is there? Uh My Hero Academia. Right. And I could stand to watch some other shows. Like you I do want that to that watch Reincarnated as a Slime or something.
1: You were watching that one, B Stars.
0: Yeah, I was watching Beastars, Stars, and there was a season two, but I never started. That looks interesting. Looks it, it, was, it, it was good. It was good. It was odd, but it was good. Because it's all ideal. They were still running with the whole food, you know, the uh, circle of life, food pyramid, the jungle bit. Right, because they're all uh, animals. They were all going yeah. to school together in <laughs> acting school. So it was like the deer were going to school with the wolves, but the deer were always afraid of the wolves because the wolves technically want to eat the deer, but they're civilized, yeah. so they
1: don't do that. That's, kind of why, uh, that's why I like uh, what I liked about Zootopia, that, that Disney Pixar one. I never saw them. Yeah, it's like they took all of the different animals in the animal kingdom and they grouped them by, like, size and by, like, predators of what? And they almost had their own districts. And they were saying that the predators have grown beyond those instincts so that they're no longer predators. But because the entire society is built around um, being civilized and nonviolent, the, the animals who were once predators are are looked at as like they were once savages you know and so there's a lot of like there's like almost like a lot a, I of met- here there's like a lot of like racism as yeah, like yeah, allegories and, that, and it works really really well but um, yeah they did it really interestingly that way if you haven't seen it it's a it's a fun watch
0: i do need to yeah, watch yeah it's
1: it. worth it um do it again. <laughs> Watch it again. <laughs> it's a good one, yeah. And there's a lot of um, fan fiction between the two main characters, which are obviously a I bunny no rabbit doubt. and a fox.
0: I have no doubt. It's the
1: internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cut, cut. You're like, move on to the next one. <laughs> I don't know why that came to my mind. Like, yeah, that's a fun show. Why, did I th- why was I thinking about that? Oh, that's right. Someone did some fan. All right, let's moving on to the next song, <laughs> the next
0: track. <laughs> so this comes from the game Fancy Star for the end of the millennium for the Sega Genesis. Oh yeah, and the track title is Cybernetic Carnival, and it is composed by Izuho Numata and Masaki Nakagaki. We're listening to the Cybernetic Carnival. Well, it's not the, but I just feel like saying the. Yeah. You get my point <laughs> from the game Fancy Star Four: The End of the Millennium, composed by Izuho Numata and Masaki Nakagaki.
1: Oh, uh, I love, I love the soundtrack. It's, it's so it's, even the fast, the fast ones, the fast frantic ones are so cool. There's not a
0: dud amongst the entire thing. And to be
1: perfectly honest, if I wanted to be a masochist, I totally could make it a goal to get every Fancy Star Four track on the show. Good lord, it would take a long time. It would take a while. It would take a while. Well, you, we definitely have a couple already on the show. Well, you play. you were you're playing so much Super Nintendo today. I'm so glad you found a Genesis track. Well, keep in
0: mind, the theme is why that exists this yeah. way. It's because, and I said this back then even, the Super Nintendo was the hub for like the majority of the hotness for RPGs. Yeah. There are, admittedly, a number of good ones on the Genesis, many of which I haven't played to this day, like Crusader or Senti. Mm. But, uh... Super Nintendo was, like, the spot. But Fancy Star was the thing that anyone with a brain would put up and say, despite what you think about the Genesis, there's love for Fancy Star yeah. if you like RPGs yeah, the gen- or JRPGs. Yeah,
1: the Genesis had, like, the big ones people talked about were Fantasy Star and Shining Force.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love me some Shining yeah, Force. Yeah. Now, Fancy Star was a beloved favorite of listener, friend, and TBC, fellow TBC guy, Chris, aka Musashi219, he uh, wise guy, wise guy, the wise guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, he was a big proponent of the Fancy Star franchise, most notably for. And I was going to pick the Rune theme because that's a character that he
1: toted as being really awesome, and Rune is freaking awesome.
0: But we already played the Rune theme because it's a good way song way back in like World
1: Two. So <gasps> yeah, that was um that was actually at the Genesis RPGs episode. Yep and
0: i think you picked that track too probably so like fantasy star 4 though is like it's such a fantastic game and the reason why this track pops aside from just being good is the fact that so it's a traditional jrpg you know characters get together they go walking around they go to town shop get a narrative go to dungeon but yeah um but at a certain point in the game you start to get vehicles, you know, typical alternate modes of transportation that JRPGs love to give players. Yeah, something that flies. Mm-hmm. But in this case, this is a, the first thing you get is an actual tank. You're meant to drive over, like, desert waste, like, like quicksand and stuff. Yeah. But most of these kinds of games, either vehicles prevent you from getting into battles, or the battle would just be a normal battle, but now you're on a boat. <laughs> um, but this game flipped the bird and the script. <laughs> by giving you a fantastic new battle theme and a new style of combat because ah. now you're fighting inside the tank and your combat choices are based off of the functions of the tank and the enemies are giant enemies that are attacking the tank. Okay. so if the tank blows up, everybody dies. But uh, if the tank doesn't blow up, you keep going, and if I recall correctly, it auto-heals too, so you don't have to worry about like oh, using items on it.
1: And that always reminded me, that, that that style of combat in these games reminds me of Skies of Arcadia, mm-hmm. when you would switch from being just normal guys fighting in the air, which is always silly to me, they were just always fighting on their boat, or their airship, and then, then you'd actually have the airship-to-airship battles, and that would totally change... How it was done.
0: I feel like with Skies of Arcadia, if they made, if they made the airship battles more intense or active, uh, they, they they slow. could have been the
1: entirety of battles for. They should have Sky. been. They really could have been, but they were so slow because like you had to wait for specific turns to do specific moves because everything was very cinematic. Mm-hmm. It was like if if he's charging his gun, you need to yeah. use your shield. But if he's using his. If it's cooling off, this and we you use your gun to shoot him while he's bombing. Yeah. Him? Oh, and then the whole thing was like, all right. Bring him about. Bring him. It was like it was like a naval battle, but it was just kind of. Boring in that way, but um, this sounds cool. I like this the uh, this idea. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's, whether what, what do you get other vehicles too, or it's just like you do? But the one that stands out right
0: now mainly is the Landmaster or Land Rover or Ooh. Land something. I like Landmaster.
1: That's not, I'm gonna name my car the Landmaster. The and my-
0: bar is the Landmaster. Is the name of the tank in Star Fox.
1: Brunel, getting the getting the Landmaster. you mean the Toyota Corolla? <laughs> the <laughs> very same.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I know you get like a spaceship eventually to fly through space but I don't recall if you actually flew to Planis or if you just picked them off of, a, off of a list once you got the ship, but the Landmaster or the, whatever, the freaking tank yeah. is the main thing that I remember <laughs> as far as, like, like, vehicle or traversal.
1: Now, looking at this artwork for Fantasy Star makes me think about how in the 90s, like, anime in America wasn't really prevalent. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Like, you can really only find it at, like, a Suncoast video, sometimes in, like, the adult video aisle... When the videos weren't always adult, they were just anime, right? They know where else to put them. But in, on, in video games, most of the games that you saw with the anime-style characters were RPGs. Mm-hmm. And in this case, they did a really nice job of because they did it like in a sort of
0: comic book style where if you got to like a cinema scene or a story sequence, mm-hmm. they would have the text at the bottom, and they would have like sliced panels a la comics yeah. where it's like hey here's the bad guy and he's like standing up and it's like a sliced panel it's like a triangular panel and the other characters on the right like GASP! Yes! And <laughs> it, was, it was a very very good way of telling a story like it was exciting.
1: Yeah it was almost t- telling it like, almost like like it was a manga right? Mm-hmm. Which is really neat. So I'm wondering if um, the, the kids who played a lot of these RPGs back in the day maybe that's sparked their love for anime in the future.
0: I would I would not doubt that for a second. Yeah. I'm pretty sure these kinds of games were the stepping stone for me to get into anime. Most notably, once I started doing like CGI animation and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because I will say, I did watch like old Dragon Ball and Voltron and, yeah, stuff yeah, me too. and stuff like that, but I didn't put the anime umbrella, I didn't put the anime moniker to those. I was just like, these are different cartoons. I didn't realize yeah. that they had an origin and that I could associate them with an entire style. But yeah. once I was old enough and I was getting exposed to these kinds of games, I was like, wait a minute, there's a whole thing to go around this? I can't yeah. find like, shows that are animated like this? Yeah, get I'm, me, I'm, I'm get remember, me set up.
1: I remember seeing um, like, Chrono Trigger and being like, oh, they look like they're Robotech. These are Robotech characters, right? At <laughs> the time, I, yeah. I immediately linked them up
0: to Gum to Dragon Ball
1: because uh. the whole
0: Toriyama setup. like the- Yeah, but you knew Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh you didn't watch Dragon Ball back in the
1: day? I mean, I watched it when it came on to um a oh, cartoon network. Yeah, on Toonami.
0: Oh yeah, like when I watched it it was like it was in like a it was in syndication at one point on PHL 17 and even before that the original Dragon Ball had some episodes and one of the movies aired on uh, Philly 57. Oh, before it care. was called Philly 57 no less. It was like <laughs> some other weird
1: name for the channel.
0: But it was anime was so scattered. Was it back a, then. was it
1: a UPN channel at that time? Oh, a UPN didn't exist. Yet. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> so that was before that, yeah, 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 yeah. We used to, um, we I worked at that arcade. Um, at, at yeah, we would work these these late shifts. We would finish working at like two or three a.m. and we'd go to this diner. And we would ask them to turn on Cartoon Network, so we would all sit around and have dinner and watch Dragon Ball before going home.
0: Yeah, that's a good play to make. Yeah, we
1: like, turn, the, turn sports off, turn the news off. We're watching Dragon Let's Ball. Let's watch Goku charge up back yeah. in Mea <laughs> for the whole time we're there. Um, all right, I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round.
0: Bonus
2: round.
1: Uh, the bonus rounds where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme and, um, you know, I, I, it took me a long time. I mean, I edit these shows every week and it took me a long time to realize that when you do your little bonus round song that I've just expected you to do, you're always doing it like in the, to the tune of the last song that we're listening
0: sometimes,
1: to. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not always. Yeah. But sometimes, most times.
0: Yeah. I, I like doing it. I'm like, wait a minute. There's a beat. Here, there's a sound here. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm like, like oh, it. I should just leave the song playing. But no, I kind of like it that you're like, okay. Let's see if Purnell can nail it. Eric <laughs> <laughs> <Air> Tom. <time. laughs> All right. So, uh, arrangements and covers and remixes on our theme. So, I brought to you this is the official symphonic um, arrangement for Shining Force 2. This is the finale, composed and arranged by Motoaki Takanoichi. was the finale of the Shining Force 2 Symphonic Suite, composed and arranged by Motowaki Takanoichi, originally originally for the Sega Genesis, which was always amazing to me that he got the synthesizer to sound. it, it It replaced all of these instruments. It sounds like the flute, it sounds like the violins and the timpanis, but it's still just a synthesizer rather than sampled sounds of the superintendent. But I always felt that it, I could hear those instruments in my head as it played back. And then hearing it with a full orchestra mm-hmm. is awesome. Yes. It's this whole thing is so cool. I love it. I honestly,
0: I just love the OST for this for the Shining Force game. It was again, well the original was Motori Sakuraba, so kind of a done deal there. But uh Oh, the w- first Shining Force? The original, I mean, I could be well wrong. Actually, I'm very wrong. Take that back! Erase what I just said. That was not Motui Sakuraba. For some reason, my brain wanted me to believe it was. Yeah, Aki Takajuichi. Yes, the name you just said. Yeah. <laughs> but I always, I've always had a fondness for the OST. There aren't a lot of tracks in the game, actually, and yet what Excellent is there
1: trick. is legit good. Yeah. The 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 opening track is phenomenal. The um the village track that was called like a bo-do, bo-do, bo-do. Happy Town or something. I've played so many arrangements of that song on the show already. Like it's just it's a great fun song. And then um yeah, and then the ending theme, the finale is 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 phenomenal.
0: My favorite track in the game may well be still just the Zeon theme, which is the theme that plays for the final battle, mm. and it stands to reason that that may well be one of my favorite big final skirmishes. By virtue of the sheer scale of it, because the map is huge, the boss has multiple parts that you have to fight on the map, along with his ridiculously large army of monsters. Oh, wow! And you it allows you to use more characters in battle than any other battle in the oh, game allows
1: you to use because it's so large, it's
0: really big, and the music for it is just like very tense and orchestral. Mm. It's fantastic. I sometimes wish people could just get a save file that lets them go right to that
1: battle just to experience it, despite not even knowing what the game's all about. Just to enjoy that that the, sca- the scope of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I have to look that up. I didn't realize that's what happened at the end. Of- I never got to the end of the game. So I'll have to take a look. It's good. All right, it's- so what do you got?
0: So my final track for the episode is a pick from... A game, well, I had to come up with a cover, obviously, but (laughs) the game itself is Luffy and the Fortress of Doom. Um, The track is a metal cover of the boss battle theme, and said cover was done by Merton.
1: cleveland
2: (laughs) stop
0: (laughs) welcome back you are listening to the boss battle of lufia and the fortress of doom done a la metal um composed or rather arranged and played by merton uh this track is a favorite of mine from Luffy and the fortress of doom but i've already picked the boss theme which made it perfect to look for a cover on it um why did i pick this game In this, Well, the cover, of course, because it's freaking great. But why did I pick this game? Well, that is because Lufia is a favorite of Rich from the turn-based critics. Mm. Rich is an interesting character in that he's generally really obsessed with Dragon Quest. In fact, if I was being more authentic, I would have picked a track from that franchise. But Dragon Quest are everywhere. Um, But with Lufia, I thought it was especially nice because he was the first other person I had met that knew what the heck Lufia was outside of just like the general gamer verse hmm. that liked it too. So I connected well with him on that, and of course he's also a particularly interesting guy because he's always really good for just like keeping a mood light. Like I would go to a convention having if I had a bad day or a bad year, like definitely like after I got dumped by my ex girlfriend, I had the panel right that that coming up a couple months after, and I was like feeling really bad about being in the area again. So this Joker comes up with Johnny Walker Black, and we're just like <laughs> drinking that, throw throwing it back, and having good conversation, and getting ready for the panel. Like, it's going to be a good time. You're going to have fun. You're going to be glad you came out you here. Keep it light, yeah. Uh, it'll help you. <laughs> oh, I was I was lit up, but it was so fun. And then the biggest thing of all was the fact I think I told this story on the show in the past, but it never hurts to tell it again. Hmm. Was that uh, it was a running joke for years when we would do the panel that I traded away my copy of Albert Odyssey for a copy of Shining Force 3. Yes. And then it was like the one of the big titles aside from, fans, from Panzer Dragoon, which I didn't care about at the time, which is why I didn't miss it. Mm-hmm. But it was like the one big title on the system that I didn't have. So the running gym was like, well, don't you wish you still had your capital of Albert Odyssey? That's the one game you don't have or whatever. And then one year on the panel, it was like, "It was like, hey, we got you a present because we know you've been looking for this game for a while. So he gives me a copy of Albert He opened up, the case is empty. <laughs> I was like, you jerk. Why would you even do that? It just hurts my soul. But then, like a year later or so, when it was our, technically our, going to be our final turn based critics panel, mm-hmm. he's like, hey, I got you a present. And he gives me a copy of Albert Odyssey. I'm like, I'm not going to fall for this crap again. I go to open it. I was like, holy crap. You went and got me a copy of this game. And for those who don't know, go to eBay and look up how much Albert Odyssey costs. <laughs> You'll know why that was especially surprising mm. and special, and why if I, unless I'm going hungry, I will never sell that game.
1: The, the, the stories you're telling of the turn based critics is like you actually got together like an RPG party. Like everyone had their special skills, you know, and you were all kind of working together. Did you? Did you? Did you? Did you have to fight and kill God? <laughs> In well, the, at the end, your last your last show that you guys well, it was did. more
0: like it was more like a digital devil saga where we that we had to fight God to prove to him that we had a right to exist. Oh, okay.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now now like you're just more powerful because God acknowledged you. Yes. Yes.
0: There it is. <laughs> but like I genuinely do miss that that whole thing there because like we all just kind of grew out of it as far as time went. But it was just a lot of fun to do. It was a great opportunity slash excuse mm-hmm. to get together and just dish about our favorite game game genre and get nostalgic about it. And, of course, the challenge was as we got older and more RPGs started flooding the market, it became hard to keep up. Right. So... What ended up happens like on the later years, I'd be the guys like, oh yeah, I played like twenty RPGs this last year, but everyone else is like, well, I played like one or two, which is understandable because ain't nobody got that kind of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just brought that out there, but um, nobody <laughs> got that time. Yeah, so that's all right. I I totally was like, I get it, but at the same time, I also just went to go to shows. Like as we get older, it's just harder to keep up with this stuff.
1: Yeah, so. I one one little grip. You guys are the turn based critics. You played a lot of action RPGs on the show today. Hey. Wait a
0: minute, let me see. Fancy Star 4, turn-based. No, turn-based. Lufia, turn-based. Okay,
1: Two. 50-50. 50-50. 50-50. So, the, so, the, so those members are out of the group then, right?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> turn-based the, the critics are
1: diversifying. <laughs> I got you, I got you. Well, for more information on the bonus round of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to these artists, band camps, and SoundClouds and everywhere you can get the music and support the artists. thanks for joining us on episode 29-4 of Rhythm and Pixels this is our 16-bit RPGs
0: that don't start that with don't... Final Fantasy
1: <laughs> that's right um, yeah and I, I'm i really excited like this was a, I, look, I was looking forward to this episode we can have many more Many, many more. Maybe not
0: 16-bit. <laughs> oh, good lord!
1: There's a lot. There's a there lot. There probably are a couple. We there are more arc. than a couple 16-bit RPGs. Believe
0: it or not, I'm still learning about ones that got fan-translated and released. Like I learned about Mystic Ark not too long ago. There's this one game where it's like it's like the characters are like cards on a board. It's there are some games out there that I've hmm. never touched from the sixteen bit era. It blows my mind that they're out there. I can still experience if I want to get like hyper nostalgic with them.
1: Uh, and we're going to hear some more next week on our Patreon episode, which is our live streamed recorded episode. Which we, um, if you're listening to this, the date this podcast is released, we're doing it tomorrow.
0: <laughs> pretty much. So, but hopefully, you guys will give it a listen. Cause we're going to pretty much put it out there. Yeah, it's on, on blast on on
1: social media and everywhere that yeah. that you're you're getting it, but.
0: It should be fun, too, because, like, and I'll admit, it's just me saying, like, 16-bit preferred, but we understand not everybody was rocking back then, so if you got to go outside the realm, we're not going to judge you for it. It could still potentially get picked. I mean, I'll, I'll judge you for it. Well, Rob will judge you for it. <laughs> I'm more heartfelt and understanding to the concept.
1: So. You you are much more sympathetic to our listeners than I am. You, you, you've you heard me go off on all of our listeners. <laughs> Whereas I'm just no, like, no, it no, was great. It was awesome. Uh, Rob, calm down. Put Put down that spork! You get a spork. Um, anyway, uh, we're finishing this uh, episode out on a Shimagami Tensei track.
0: Yeah, because being me, like I had to pick something that you know I would have referenced in the panel. Shin Megami Tensei, as a franchise, back then though, was probably me focusing more on Persona. Yeah. Um But Shimagami Tensei One was the beginnings of uh, the aspect of the franchise that I really love now. I never gotten, you know, Goddess Reborn, the old like Digital Devil story and all that. But this this is where I came on board. And Genza, though I, despite having played on the show in the past, was worthy of being attracted from one gives long
1: ago. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth at least having at the end of the show.
0: Now, um, I I'm sure Chris is listening to this right now and is like, "Why didn't you pick Landstalker pernell? I'm sure you would have loved to have trolled me with that one." And honestly, I thought, I thought about it. Thought about it. But no, nah, I got to be true to myself. It has to be a Megatin track yeah. for me on this
1: episode. That's a, a really neat soundtrack on the Super Nintendo because it has almost a, because the game itself has like a nightmare quality to it. Like mm-hmm. you're, it's like you're traveling through a nightmare and the music has a, a dark feeling to it too. And I got to acknowledge in the end though, even though I didn't reference tracks from them on the show, there were
0: also two, there were also a few other TBC folks who were on temporarily here and there and left for various reasons. Um, like we had Jason who was on at the very beginning, but then you know stuff happened, falling out, resulting in him leaving. Uh, we had June, friend June, who came on as a moderator moderator once Chris became more involved with the panel as a non-moderator. You said it like monorail. 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 Moderator. 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 And our friend Sarah, who came on towards the end of the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, lastly but not least, our friend John, who also came on towards the end of the panel. Um, all fantastic people. It was a great time, glorious memories. Name that RPG tune. Mm. Always had prizes for people. Every year, I would bring in like two hundred dollars <laughs> in GameStop credit for prizes, and um, and like um, Rich would bring in a bunch of crazy stuff he bought from the store, like strategy oh, cool. guides, so sometimes
1: OSTs and games. It's so worth going to, the, to these pants. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: people were walking out of there with money, and it was worth it because I liked. The idea of people feeling like their participation warranted a real prize. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, hey, I guessed it, and they gave me something I'll actually want.
1: <laughs> well, when when cons start coming around again, years from now, we'll be there. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll we'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll be we'll be cutting loose. Maybe I might spend more than a day at one of these things. Shooting a curl, busting a Um tripping the dibbles tripping the dibbles um, but anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion or, um, a band suggestion, or if you're in a, in a cover band, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at hotmail.com. And you can get in contact with us other ways, but email is probably the, the best way because it's like low stakes, you know, it's like less stress.
0: Honestly, email is email's just the easiest way to keep everything together. But honestly, if you want to hit us up
1: on Discord, that's fine. Yeah, or Facebook. You can do that. But, but I, I'm more likely to find the email. Oh, I, yeah. we've, had, we've had messages sitting on Instagram forever. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? I never even use this thing. Um, you check us, uh, if you want a full track listing of this episode and access to all of our episodes and links to all of the other stuff that Pranel and I are up to, Go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. Um, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. All of our episodes are there and our live stream um, uh, radio station playing 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. That's rolling and rocking and rolling rocking when, it, when it's not running out of memory and dying right now. So I got to take care of that. Um, but I'll be fixing that real soon. Um, check us out on Discord. Uh, this The link is on our website, rhythmandpixels.com. A lot of uh, discourse is happening on Discord. And um, it's uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. You can find us on all those places. And to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and there you get access to a weekly prequel episode. You get access to, at all levels, you get access to a weekly prequel episode. You get access to a monthly live streamed episode where it's me and Pernell hanging out, doing our show, recording normally, but you get to kind of be, be in the room with us. And heck, virtually.
0: And I'm being 100% honest awesome when I say this because as Rob knows, I bring this up all the blooming time. If you have any ideas for what you think would constitute as an additional tier bonus or something that you might like to see <laughs> in general, heck, it doesn't have to be a tier bonus. Just like, hey, Pernell, play this video game because we'll just I use the excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Just let us know that too because I'm of the ilk and I think Rob is too where we like to do what we do and we have fun doing it. But we don't particularly know what other people want. And for all we know, those things could be things that we would also find fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's more exciting for us to to make um, special content for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, if you have ideas um, for that. But I know there's there will be more merchandise options through Patreon in the near future. Um, as soon as I get my butt off to take care of that. Um, at the higher levels of the Patreon... Uh, oh, and all of, all the levels also get um, special roles in our Discord server. You get access to a special channel on the Discord server, generally related to the live stream shows. Um, at the highest levels, you get ac- uh, different um, things you can do with our radio station. You can put your own message in our, on our radio station, and you can record your own message on the radio station as kind of like a, like an ad or a promo in between songs. And at the highest levels, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members. And we'd like to thank all of our um, Patreon members at the at the, t- at the highest levels. We'd like to thank Frankly Zappa. Um, thank you very much for your kind emails, um, the videos you're doing. They're on, awesome. On Discord. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, and thanks for hanging out on my Twitch chat. I always really appreciate that. Uh, Mike Myers, thank you very much. Um, safe trip home. He might be home already. Uh, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Warma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes Three podcast, Chris Wisner, aka Musashi Two One Nine, aka Wise Guy. Oh, Wise Guy, yeah, Wise Guy. Uh, Christopher Shenstrom, uh, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Wicked Sephiroth, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, another uh, VGM podcast he does with Mike Levy and uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Reinhardt Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, the Autistic Gamer 89 Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Ulf Person, and Ulf Person, sorry. It sounded like I was oh, like, you, eh, on and Ulf, oh, uh, I know, it, it just sounded like, anyway, I could speak where it's good. Um, the last episode of the VG Embassy was all about Motoi uh, Sakuraba. Oh, really? It was Mario Golf. Oh, okay Yeah, so Except for the, the early, early ones now, I think um, not All of them Even on the N64 Mario Golf was Motui Sakuraba I meant before 964 Oh, and it was just golf And it was just Mario as that weird referee character Yeah, oh No, there was, yeah, he was the golfer He was a weird referee character in tennis But there's also like A bunch of like uh, Game Boy ones That never came out here
0: More than just the regular golf game Yeah there was, th- there, was, there, was, there was a Golf NES
1: Golf There was the Game Boy version Of that golf game Yes, and then there was another one. There was like a championship one, and then there was one that only was in Japan that had a, um, a cell phone attachment that you can play online. Whoa! And, it, and the soundtrack to that was banging. Was it a Mario Golf or was it a, just a golf? Yeah, Mario Golf, because they were all Mario Golf games. But oh, it wasn't but no, like no, Mario. Keep
0: in mind, there's Mario Golf as in
1: Mario's in the Game and the titling of Mario Golf. They, 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 they picked it because... It was a golf game with Mario in it. There we go. That's why I wanted to confirm to like which, yeah, yeah. which of the two though, because that's important. But um, no, the soundtrack was like one of the best. It was a Game Boy Color, but it was like a weird cellphone attachment. It was interest really weird. Anyway, really good show, Ed. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Justin Schneider was also on that episode. No, oh. yeah, I'm pointing at my 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 monitor like he's looking at me. Personally. We gotta get one or okay. both of them back on the show too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would like that a lot. We should we should invade Ed's show. It's I would like
0: know. that, because I've, I've never gone on his shoe. No. Except for that one time we were up in Connecticut with yeah, him.
1: Yeah, he's like waiting. I'm sure he's just sitting there in the embassy waiting for you to just uh, arrive. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, Alright, well, I'm getting a little hot in the office for some reason, so um, I'm going to call it a night. Thanks to everyone for listening to this show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Have a great weekend, or great week. Have a, have a good time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and remember, I know sometimes we're out and about living our lives and you, whether it's the news or the internet or just all around you you're trying to accomplish some goals and it seems like everybody and their grandma's already done those things. Everyone's pulling off the feats you want to do. Almost like they were born with the magic ticket or under a lucky star or just given granola that didn't have ants in it. I don't know. And it might make you kind of feel like, you know, maybe you're missing something or maybe you just not not for you or whatever but sometimes maybe it just means that for whatever reason you just got to put a little bit more grease into it you got to put a little bit more work into it but it doesn't mean you can't it just means that you have to try a little harder to pull it off and it's still something worth fighting for if it's something that you truly want
1: so i guess the basic statement is just don't quit yeah remember people are like icebergs when you see people at the top of their hobby or their craft, you're seeing you're not seeing below the water the rest of the iceberg, right? All of the work, mm-hmm. all of the practice. You're only seeing what's above the
0: surface of the water. Yeah yeah that's right.
1: Enjoy the journey. Ding ding ding,
0: ding, ding, ding. ding. This is